please don't play this for anybody. I don't normally do this. I think we're being set up for an ambush. Dodge this. Ambushed. To be attacked suddenly by someone lying in wait. You say, well, you know, the way you preach causes us and them. It is us and them! Apostate. Someone whose beliefs have changed and who no longer belong to a religious or political group. You side with them, I'll throw you out. Get out! <laughs> Escaping cults. Rejecting delusion. Embracing reality. Breaking the chains. Freeing your mind and becoming your own person. This is the Ambushed Apostate Podcast with your host, Seth Henderson. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Ambushed Apostate Podcast. My name is Seth, and as always, thank you for spending some of your valuable time with me as we discuss cults and other extremist groups the undue influence that's involved in that process, and the absolute destruction these groups cause to the lives of both their current members and former members. I do apologize that it has been a few weeks since we released the last episode. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. If you've heard some of the other episodes, you know I'm in a custody battle for my kids. This, again, is part of the cult playbook. When you leave... Your kids don't come with you. This process has been going on for two and a half years now, and it's just a lot. So I have been preoccupied with that recently, because if I'm being 100% honest, my kids are what keep me going. And getting shared custody into the picture is my top priority. But with that being said, there are some other things coming to the overall ambushed apostate brand. I am working on the rough draft of the first episode in a new series on the channel. It will not be hosted as a podcast like this is. Instead, it will be hosted on the Ambushed Apostate YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to YouTube and just type in Ambushed Apostate. You'll find my channel. You'll find copies of this podcast in video form, as well as all the other content that I'm working on and plan to work on in the future. I haven't come up with a name of this series yet. I guess you could say it's still in early pre-production. But the idea of this new series is going to be we take a publication of some sort from a cult leader and we simply read through it. And as we read through it, we are going to stop and analyze what is actually being said. We're going to look for comparisons across the board when it comes to different cult groups to see how they are, in fact, very similar. I plan on doing everything from books published by various cult leaders to the writings of people like David Koresh. We're going to go through the writings of people like Marshall Applewhite of the Heaven's Gate cult. We're going to go through the two books that my former cult leader has published over the years, as well as the hundreds of blog posts that are just increasingly more and more unhinged. We're going to go through published material of these cult leaders, and we're going to go through and look at, in detail, what these groups 
and more importantly, what their leaders believe. And with the progression of the podcast, learning about the bite model, learning about the influence continuum, learning about propaganda techniques, and we're also going to look at logical fallacies and how to better equip yourself to not fall prey to these destructive groups with all of these things that we'll discuss on this podcast. My hope is that it becomes complementary to the other content that I plan on putting out. So with that being said, we're going to pick up where we left off last time, and today's episode is going to be focused on the bite model, but specifically thought control, which is the T portion. Over the past couple weeks, while I've thought about how I'm going to present this episode, I've really thought a lot about thought control, and it really truly is the basis of controlling every other aspect of someone's life. Cult leaders have to be able to control the thoughts of their members because thoughts lead to physical actions. Thoughts lead to obedience, compliance, submission to the doctrine of these groups. So without being able to control someone's thoughts, a cult leader has a much more difficult time controlling that person's behavior and their actions. Actions, as we know, have physical consequences. Actions lead to things like the Waco Massacre, April 19, 1993, at the Branch Davidian Compound in Waco, Texas. David Koresh's cult. He had such control of those people's thoughts. And by the way, there were only about 130 people in the Branch Davidian compound. 82 of them died. A good chunk of the survivors went to jail for their part because four federal agents were also murdered. And 28 children lost their lives because their parents had given over complete control of their thoughts and their actions to David Koresh. Keep in mind as we go through this, thoughts lead to actions, and actions have real-world consequences. That's why this topic is so important. As always, keep track of how many of these aspects you see in either your group, or a group that you're aware of, or a group that you're looking into. And again... The higher the score, the more quickly you need to run in the opposite direction because you're dealing with a cult. Thought Control Section 1 Require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth. Subsection A Adopting the group's, quote, map of reality as reality. It is of the utmost importance that the members of these cults fully embrace and subscribe to the reality that is created for them by the leader. It doesn't matter what real reality is. You have to adopt their reality. Here's a quick example, and I will be doing a full episode diving deeper into this portion specifically at a later time. But an example of this behavior was the constant reinforcement of 
they're coming for us. They are coming for us, the Christians. Times are getting really dark and scary. You see how bad things are getting? The end is near. Always right around the corner. Not today, but tomorrow. Definitely tomorrow. They're coming for us. And like we listened to just a few episodes ago, the example of having your throat sliced for Christ. Because that's what it's coming to. This mindset was constantly enforced that they were coming to get us. They are out for the Christians. By the way, they is what's referred to as a weasel word. Weasel words are essentially a propaganda technique. Weasel words are things like researchers believe, whatever. Some people say, whatever. But the most common weasel word that I was subjected to They are always out to get us. They are always coming for us. They are always persecuting us. It's this anonymous, ambiguous authority. The cult leaders fill in the blanks as to who they are. And it is implied they, a lot of times, at least in the Christian nationalist extremist group I left, they was always the government. And they're coming for us. They're coming to persecute Christians. They're going to lock up Christians. They're going to shut churches down. I'll never, ever forget this as long as I live. On two separate Sundays leading up to the 2020 election, my ex-wife and children returned home from the Church Without Walls. And at the time, she would have been eight or nine years old. One of my daughters comes in crying. And the first time it happened, I said, Babe, what is wrong? And I'll never forget her response. She said, If Trump doesn't get reelected, they are going to shut the churches down, and I won't get to see my friends anymore. But see, the thing about it, when you step back from these cult groups and you realize that their map of reality that they want you to adopt so badly, the only place it exists is in their own heads. Subsection B. Instill black and white thinking. Subsection C, decide between good versus evil. And subsection D, organize people into us versus them, or insiders versus outsiders. You'll notice in the intro of this podcast, we have a cult leader, absolutely unhinged and disconnected from even the slightest resemblance of reality, and that's extremist hate preacher Greg Locke. He runs Global Vision Bible Church down in Tennessee, and he is the pastor you hear screaming in my intro. You say, well, you know, the way you preach causes us and them. It is us and them! Like we've talked about before, they have to divide. There cannot be any unity except for pure allegiance to the leader and his new map of reality that he's laid out for his members. Your whole life revolves around that cult's map of reality. Whether it be the Heaven's Gate cult, where they truly thought there was a spaceship following the Hellbop Comet, it was going to swoop by and pick them all up and take them to heaven. And when that didn't happen, they all decided to take their own lives. Again, how does that happen? Because the leader has so much influence over their thoughts that their physical actions are also controlled. It goes from Heaven's Gate to Scientology, from Scientology to Christian nationalism, from Christian nationalism 
to Jehovah's Witnesses, and all the other cults in between. If you do not fully subscribe to the worldview and the map of reality, you are an outsider. Even worse than not buying into it in the first place is someone like myself, who sincerely and truly bought into it for a very long time, honestly believed it. Someone like me, who wakes up one day and says, wait a minute, I got some questions. You are now an outsider. You will be shunned, disfellowshipped, excommunicated from everyone you care about that's still in the group because it is always us versus them. One more thing I want to point out is that this environment does not work unless it is a pure echo chamber. Oxford Dictionary defines echo chamber two ways. Number one is an enclosed space where sound reverberates. This is essentially what's happening within these groups, but definition number two hits so close to home for me, and I'm sure other people out there who are currently in cults or who have recently left cults, that it could not be more accurate. And it says, an environment in which a person encounters only beliefs or opinions that coincide with their own so that their existing views are reinforced and alternative ideas are not considered. When you hear the term people are living in an echo chamber, they surround themselves with people who only think exactly how they do. Remember, critical thinking's gone. You have no ability to think outside the lines. And now you surround yourself with people who share your exact views on everything and anyone who slightly differs from your beliefs, your opinions, your views, your thoughts on a given topic are totally and completely removed in a swift and oftentimes violent way. Section 2. Change person's name and identity. Cults have to reprogram the identity of their members. Again, we're erasing who you are, what you think, what you believe, what you feel, and we're replacing it with what the leader thinks and believes and feels. But there is an interesting phenomenon that goes on in a lot of these cult groups where the leader will change their name. If I said the name Vernon Howell, most people would not know who I'm talking about. But if I say David Koresh, most people know exactly who I'm talking about. This happened with the Heaven's Gate cult, led by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. They weren't referred to by their names. They were referred to by T and Doe, respectively. Many of the Heaven's Gate members also changed their names to things like Genodi, Shervodi, Melodi, Persodi. Why? So bizarre. But it further lends credence to the fact that cult groups reprogram a person, not just in their personality, but in some cases, their names. Section 3. Use of loaded language and cliches which constrict knowledge, stop critical thoughts, and reduce complexities into platitudinous buzzwords. Section 4. 
encourage only, quote, good and proper thoughts. Section 5. Hypnotic techniques are used to alter mental states, undermine critical thinking, and to even age regress the member. Section 6. Memories are manipulated and false memories are created. Section 7. Teaching thought-stopping techniques which shut down reality testing by stopping negative thoughts and allowing only positive thoughts, including subsections A through F, denial, rationalization, justification, and wishful thinking, chanting, meditating, praying, speaking in tongues, and singing or humming. Again, we've circled back to thought-stopping techniques, stopping negative thoughts, only allowing this certain type of thought to even enter your mind, altering the mental state of their members by these various forms so that they can manipulate their thoughts and actions. Section 8. Rejection of Rational Analysis, Critical Thinking, Constructive Criticism So at this point you can see a reoccurring theme, and that is the rejection of critical thinking. You're not allowed to rationally analyze anything. There is no constructive criticism of the group or the leader, because again, you aren't allowed to think outside of the box or to color outside of the lines in any way, shape, or form. The question is, are you told what to think or how to think? If you are told what to think in any group, by definition that group is trying to control critical thinking. Because they start with their conclusion and work their way backwards. That's the opposite of how everyone should be thinking, and that is starting with the question and following the evidence to its conclusion. I want more than anything in this world for my kids to learn how to think about everything, not just their religion or their political views or anything else like that, but in every aspect of life, to look at a situation and consider how to think about that situation instead of what to think, what to believe, what to feel, because they've been told to do so by someone else. One of the greatest tools a person can have is critical thinking and rational analysis. And when you're told how to think and what to believe before you even get started, based on the opinions of someone else, that is a red flag. Section 10, labeling alternative belief systems as illegitimate, evil, or not useful. This circles back to the us versus them mentality, but it's not as simple as just saying atheists are evil because they don't believe in God, and we do believe in God, so we're not going to associate with atheists. A lot of times in cult groups, and I saw this firsthand in mine, even fellow Christians are considered to be not Christians, not true Christians. 
there was constant mockery and belittling of other Christian pastors who happened to not believe exactly how my former leader believes. And those people were disparaged and mocked and discarded because they didn't believe the exact same way that we did. That's not a normal, healthy environment. Again, it's required for cults to function because they have to have this echo chamber, but it is detrimental in every way to isolate people from your own religion. It further drives wedges between relationships and the ability to unite as a religious group, and it isolates further the members who are in these groups and oftentimes puts the members in fear of anyone who has a different doctrine than they do. Everyone else is evil. Everyone else is wrong. Everyone else is deceived. We have the truth, the only truth. Again, if you are hearing this from your leader or from other people within your group, this is a massive red flag. And section 11, instill the new map of reality. This list started by requiring members to internalize the group's doctrine and their new reality. And this list ends with actually instilling or installing or applying this new map of reality. This is the scary part, because now that your thoughts and your information, and your behavior are under the complete control of the leader of these groups. Now it's time for you to go out and do the things that you're being told to do. Once this new map of reality becomes real to the member, that's when that member will stand behind the front doors of the Branch Davidian compound with an AR-15, and when someone comes in, whether it be a local representative from the county zoning department or the federal agents that came in to serve the warrants. Their instructions? Shoot on sight. And because of this new reality that's been installed like an operating system update, you have cult members who will gladly pull the trigger and gladly lay their lives down for the group. Thoughts lead to actions Actions have real-world consequences. When a member has successfully been updated with the map of reality from their leader, they are ready to do any and everything they are told to at the drop of a hat. And that is the scary part about these groups. So out of the 11 sections under thought control, how did we do score-wise? For me personally... As it relates to the church without walls, 10 out of the 11 sections apply directly to my former group. Everything but section 2, changing the person's names and identities, although there is a caveat to that, we were referred to as the higher Christians. So in a way, that may apply as well, but we'll be conservative here and just say 10 out of 11 all of the rational analysis, and most importantly the critical thinking, was shut down and stopped dead in its tracks within my group. And I know for a fact this applies to so many other cult groups out there. So again, how did your group do? 
the higher your group scored, the faster you need to pack your stuff and hit the road because you're dealing with a cult. The clue for this episode ties directly into thought control, and it is a prime example of what happens when you allow someone to control your thoughts so heavily that you disregard the safety and well-being for the other people within your own group, and it costs one of them their lives. I was a member of the Church Without Walls for many years, but towards the beginning of 2020, I had all but disassociated myself from the group. My ex-wife and children, however, were still heavily involved and still are to this day. A big issue I had with the group was their total disregard for the safety and well-being of their congregants during the COVID outbreak in early 2020. But in early 2020, my ex-wife and I decided that we were going to lock everything down and not have any interaction with anybody for a month. This was during March to April 2020. During that time, I was still employed by a police department, and so I was considered essential. Nothing really stopped for me during the COVID situation because I was an essential worker. But I quickly found out that my ex-father-in-law and mother-in-law, as well as some of my ex-wife's siblings, were coming to the house to see our children during the COVID outbreak. This was a direct violation of what me and my ex-wife had put into place to protect our family, but again, her dad knew this, and it was a great way to divide our family and to put more strain on our marriage. When I found out they were coming to the house against my wishes and interacting with my kids, it caused problems, but it wasn't really a huge issue. No harm, no foul, no one had gotten sick at this point. But I tell this story because there's more to it. And what happened between the beginning of 2020 and the end of 2020 is the clue for this episode. I heard everything from COVID's not real, it's all fake, it's just a cold, to the vaccine was going to kill everybody that got it. It had nanotechnology that would track you or turn you magnetic or whatever else. Unhinged stuff. But that was the mindset being pushed within this cult group all throughout the COVID pandemic. There was a funeral held at the Church Without Walls. And because it was just they trying to control us with this fake virus or whatever nonsense was being spewed at the time, There was no social distancing. There were no masks. The funeral that was held at the compound was just like any other funeral at any other time in history. No big deal. Well, it was a big deal because at that funeral, COVID was spread around. Several members of the Church Without Walls contracted COVID, and on November 18th, 2020, a congregant died because of complications from COVID. The response from Steve and the rest of the group? She got the better end of the deal. She's in heaven. Nothing to see here. Move along. And I remember thinking, my God, the woman had three kids. She was 50 years old. But to sum this red flag up, especially 
in September of 2023 when we see COVID popping back up, and as we all hope, it doesn't turn into what it was a couple years ago, pay attention. If the group you are in completely and unequivocally denies medical science to the point it is killing their own cult members, that should tell you everything you need to know about this group. The recommendation for this week is a documentary series on Netflix called Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. This is a documentary that details the history of the abuse within the FLDS church led by Warren Jeffs. It is possibly one of the best documentary series I've watched on any cult across the board. I'm going to play a few clips for the next couple of minutes back to back and just listen to the survivors of this cult detailing the damage that it caused not only while they were in it, but after they left as well. When I was 14 years old, they forced me to marry my cousin. I asked Warren, begged him, please don't make me get married. And he said, do you believe that you know better than the prophet? That if you're questioning me, you're questioning God. Warren Jeffs is the leader of a secretive religious cult called the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Known as FLDS. It's a far offshoot of the Mormon church and supports the practice of polygamy. The more wives, the more children you have, the higher in heaven you'll be. We were so scared, you know. We were gonna be condemned to hell if we did anything different. You have to submit yourself. Because it was for our salvation. You did whatever it took, even if it was wrong. You just did it. I saw this picture of Warren kissing this girl. That's what I said, I'm done. I have followed my heart and I've spoken the truth. To stand up against a multi-million dollar church, you're going up against a lifetime of conditioning, a lifetime of fear. The other people of the FLDS would say, why are you challenging the prophet's word? Why aren't you being obedient? You don't know any better until you get away from it. And getting away from it is the hard part. It happens to everybody eventually. You will come around and see the light and go, what the? Warren had a saying, perfect obedience is led by a hair, meaning a hair is so thin and true obedience meant that you could be led by a hair and you would not break it. So there could be absolutely no resistance to that obedience because any resistance would pop that hair. Warren basically said that I was a loose cannon that they couldn't control. So they had to come up with something to do with me. That was the start of the family being torn apart. My dad was used as an example. He was stripped of his status in the church. He was stripped of his family. My mom and my siblings that were still there were removed from my dad's home at the hand of Warren. 
There was nothing we could do to stop it. What happened was one day myself, my siblings, and my mother were taken away, and we were driven to Fred Jessup's home. He was the bishop of the community and very loyal to Warren. Fred had over 20 wives, and mother had been told that she was going to marry Fred. She was going to be placed as his wife. I was 13. And now I was the child of Fred Jessup. He was my father. I wasn't allowed to have any contact with my dad from that day forward. I didn't know until after it was all done. My world just collapsed. He said, I'm going to read off a list of names that God gave me. And I was one of them. He named me and I think 20 other men. He asked us all to stand up. And so we're all sitting there standing. Everybody in the whole audience is sitting there looking at you. There must have been 3,500 people there at least. And Warren, he says that we were master deceivers and that God had given him a list of all the sins that we had committed. He said that they had disagreed with leadership. And by disagreeing, that was an act of deception. He told them that they had sinned against the Lord. They had aspired that they were going to try to wrest the kingdom from him. He said, you're out of the religion. Your wives and children are released from you. They belong to the priesthood. They need to come and turn themselves in for reassignment, which is new husbands. And you men go home, pack your things, and leave town. And he says, if your families are here with you right now, don't even say goodbye to them. This is something that's hard for people in mainstream society to understand. Physically, somebody could probably figure out how to leave. However, far more powerful than the physical restraints is the social and religious and mental restraints these folks have. They've been born and raised in this group. They're not independent financially and they're taught that the outside world is evil. So they're afraid to leave. And they know that if they're leaving, they're gonna be leaving their families. And that is really hard to do. Phenomenal documentary. And I highly suggest that anybody who's interested in cult groups watch this documentary series. Again, it's on Netflix. I'll leave a link in the description. It is absolutely incredible to see what some of these survivors have been through. And people like Elisa Wall, who stood up to Warren Jeffs, not only in person, but in a courtroom, to testify against him face-to-face -face, that ultimately sent him to prison for perverted crimes against children. And with that, we've come to the end of this episode. On the next episode, we're going to cover the last portion of the bite model, which is E for emotional control. Once we finish that, we can start zooming in on each one of these subsections and looking at them in a more detailed way. But by the end of next episode, you should have a very good overview of what the bite model is. I hope this content is continuing to help people understand cult groups better so that you can navigate and avoid these groups in your own life or in the lives of your friends and family.
Again, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go to YouTube and search Ambushed Apostate, click subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, that way you know when I upload new content, both from the podcast and from the new series of content I'm working on. Thanks again for being here. My name is Seth, and this has been the Ambushed Apostate Podcast.